from Life Atelier Studio, this is Real, stories of adversity, resilience, creativity, and transformation. I'm Diane McDaniel, and this is the Halloween special episode of Real. Halloween is an evening for trick-or-treating, dressing in costume, attending parties, carving pumpkins into jack-o'-lanterns, lighting bonfires, apple bobbing, divination games, playing pranks, visiting haunted attractions, telling stories, and watching horror films. It is also the first in a series of days dedicated to remembering the dead. To mark the day, we're doing a special episode of The Real Podcast. This crowdsourced episode is comprised of reflections on Halloween. This is Diane McDaniel. When I was growing up, Halloween was my favorite holiday. It was pure joy to dress up in costume, run around in the dark without parental supervision, knock on doors knowing that my friends and I were expected and welcome, and ask strangers for candy, which we ate with abandon. The sugar we scarfed along the way pumped us up to keep going, and we raced through the night, filling pillowcases with candy bars until they became too heavy to lug around, and we knew that it was time to head home. In Los Angeles, Halloween coincides with the season of Santa Ana winds, which lend additional wildness to the night. The plastic sheeting of jerry-rigged haunted houses flap and clap in the hot red wind, and the fun is tinged with an edge of danger. When I was in fourth grade, my cousins and I borrowed sheets from a neighbor to make ghost costumes. Just after we cut the eye holes, our moms hustled us into the car to evacuate as a wildfire, urged on by the winds, was racing across the Santa Monica Mountains toward the house. My cousin screamed and cried as we drove past the line of fire, licking its way toward their house. But once we kids were safe for the evening with family friends, we put on our costumes and went out for candy in the neighborhood. Halloween's magnetic appeal is transgression, which threatens with a nasty edge. My earliest memory of trick-or-treating includes my mother saying that we needed to check carefully before eating anything because someone might put a razor blade in a candied apple to hurt a child. This surprised me, but I took it in stride. I didn't want to eat apples as candy anyway, and so I threw those in the trash. As I got older, the threatening element of Halloween became more pronounced as the trick was emphasized over the treat. Everyone who grew up in my village knew that the best trick-or-treating was in the Huntington Palisades. Big-time movie stars lived there and were generous, and Mel Blanc would come to the door in the voice of Bugs Bunny or Porky Pig. Palm-lined, pompous Ricas Boulevard became a war zone of flying raw eggs, propelled shaving cream, and, most worryingly, Nair, the hair remover. I sailed past the danger on my white roller skates with yellow wheels, a pink genie fueled by the whiskey I'd pilfered from my parents' liquor cabinet. One of the joys of parenthood has been the invitation to join again in the safe enough chaos of Halloween. Our neighbors decorate their houses, kids set up haunted houses in their front yards, and the streets are swarmed with costumed trick-or-treating kids. Philippe mans the door, carefully handing out the right amount of candy to each child, 
and taking endless photos of kids in their costumes, which range from gruesome to adorable. Meanwhile, I join the other parents in trying to keep up with our own pack of sugar-fueled kids. Occasionally, I would lose track of one or both of mine in the crush of ghouls, pirates, and princesses sprinting from door to door, and I was again enchanted by the sweet anarchy of Halloween. For the first time in a long time, this year I won't be joining the trick-or-treaters on Halloween. Dexter will be out with friends doing whatever high school students do. Decked out as an anime character, Ava will go trick-or-treating with a bunch of friends in another neighborhood. I'll join Philippe in handing out candy to the kids who ring our doorbell, but I'll be thinking forward to November 1st, when I'll celebrate my own version of Day of the Dead by visiting the spot where we scattered my mother's ashes almost three years ago. The seasons of life change, and the rituals of death have taken on a reality that is now part of my life beyond the tricks or treats of Halloween. I'm Eva Browning. Basically, the only reason I don't like Halloween is because... Well, I have this trick-or-treating bag, and it's orange, and it's from Old Navy, and it has a picture of a ghost on it. And on the side, it has a little meter. It has little points like keep going and jackpot, and um, you're almost there for your candy. Every year, I want to get jackpot, but every year, I get keep on going because I'm always trick-or-treating with my mama and my friends. And then my mama always says, oh, it's time to go back. But I haven't hit jackpot yet, and I really want to hit the jackpot. Do you think you might hit it this this year? I don't know. Are you going to use that same bag? Yeah. Okay. And what's your favorite part of Halloween? Dressing up and hanging out with your friends and eating candy. (laughs) And what's the best candy to get? Hmm. Let's see. I like the $100,000 bar. Mm-hmm. And then I also like the, I also like just getting Hershey's <laughs> bars. And I like candy corn, but it's not really candy people give out. And what else do I like to get? I love to get Skittles. How much do you eat on Halloween night? Well, I eat a few when I'm trick-or-treating, and then when I get home, I eat about, like, five pieces, I'd say. So, in all, I'd eat about eight pieces, I think. Are you eating the best pieces of candy? Are you saving them? How do you do it? I just kind of pick something out, and if it looks appealing, I eat it. (laughs) And what's the candy that you're usually left over with and that you just never want to eat? Twizzlers. (laughs) And Laffy Taffy. Yeah, you're right. Those are disgusting. What are you going to wear this year? I'm going to be Usagi from Sailor Moon, which is a manga and an anime. And how come you picked that? Uh, I really like Sailor Moon. I have a secret. Mommy's going to be a black cat for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) The secret's out now. All right. Thanks, Ava. You're welcome, Mommy. This is Katherine Davidson. 
When I first moved to England, Halloween was definitely not commonly celebrated. The English have bonfire night on November 5th, which serves some of the same function of gathering people together outdoors in the dark. Halloween was such a key part of my memory as a child, and I really missed it. When my son was five, we went out for our first English trick-or-treat. There were not many of us on the streets, but enough. It was 2005, and London was changing, becoming less English, more multicultural. In the ten years that followed, I went out with both of my kids and watched as Halloween took over the London streets. Now I see Halloween festooning the shops, pumpkins everywhere, and feel like London has been well and truly taken over by my favorite American holiday. I still have English friends who who refuse to participate and see it as a foreign intrusion, but the next generation seems to want to grab fun and joy and connection and sugar wherever it can, and that's something that gives me hope for the future. That's it for today's episode. Thank you, Ava Browning and Katherine Davidson, for sharing your thoughts on Halloween. If you haven't yet, subscribe to Real with Diane McDaniel, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know why you listened and what you like about The Real Podcast. Please rate the show and leave a review on iTunes. Follow Real on Facebook at Real with Diane McDaniel and on Twitter at Real the Podcast. Reach us at realthepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Diane McDaniel. Thanks for listening.